Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? TheLastSymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often. There are also a few modest paid resources at TheLastSymptom.com. These support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has. These include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of five or ten minutes in length. If you're just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares And by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is Brian Barnett, and you're listening to the podcast, The Last Symptom. Good morning, America. Hello, everybody in the United Kingdom. Hello to all you fine Aussies down under. Canada, so glad to see you here. A buongiorno, Principessa Italia. Welcome now, Sweden, Gien Dobru, Poland, Bienvenidos a todos en España, New Zealand, you've never looked better, Austria and Germany, Guten Tag, Yoko so Japan, a bonjour France, Namaste India. I've left many, many people out, forgive me, but uh, time is an issue and the numbers of listeners where you are has to grow just a little, but you know who you are and I say howdy to you, I'm glad you're here. Let me ask you what you would do if you were driving along one day in your pickup or your SUV and uh, let's say you spilled a bit of coffee on your lap or you were momentarily distracted by something and uh, let's say that you ended up killing 16 people. You're taken into custody and with the fear of going to prison for years and years, 
crushing down on you like a terrifying, dreadful weight. Your lawyer comes in, and he begins encouraging you with all sorts of legal strategies to keep you out of trouble. You know, no matter your guilt or innocence, it's your lawyer's job to look out for your best interests, no matter what, regardless of what has happened. Your lawyer is not there to make sure justice is served. No. Your lawyer's only purpose is to protect and fight for your interests. So your lawyer's entire mindset is in convincing you to look out for yourself, no matter what. And now listening to him, you realize you might, you might even be able to get away with not much more than a slap on the wrist. Can you imagine then while operating under such crushing fear and with the pressure from your lawyer and uh, your own thoughts that, you know, it was just a mistake. You didn't cause others harm on purpose. Can you imagine pleading guilty and waiving your right to a trial? Imagine the power of the genuine remorse you would have to be feeling. The empathy for the people suffering from your mistake that would be necessary in order to have the moral strength of character to do such a thing. This isn't a made-up scenario. This really and truly happened this week. This is from the BBC. It says, 16 people died and 13 others were injured. Many of the victims were between the ages of 16 and 21. Jaskarat Singh Sidhu pleaded guilty on Tuesday to all 29 charges of dangerous driving, causing death and bodily harm. On 6th of April, the lorry he was driving, that's uh, British English, we call them big rigs or semi-trucks, the semi-truck he was driving collided with the Humboldt Broncos team bus on a rural road in the province of Saskatchewan. Mr. Sadu advised me, I don't want to make things any worse, his lawyer Mark Brayford said outside the courthouse after his client pleaded guilty. He's overwhelmed by the expressions of sympathy and kindness that some of the families and players have expressed to him in spite of the fact that their grief is entirely his fault. I, wow. That last part just blows me away. In spite of the fact that their grief is entirely his fault. Mr. Sadu will be sentenced on 28th of January. After this happened, one of the crash victim's father said this to the television cameras, and I'm paraphrasing. It brings me closure, and it's all I needed to hear. Maybe you're thinking that Mr. Sadu was probably going to go to prison anyway, so he reasoned he had nothing to lose. Well, if that's your reason, and I need to tell you this. A safety review of the crossroads done by the local Canadian government says that sight lines are a safety concern at the spot where the accident occurred. 
A stand of trees, mostly on private property, obstructs the view of drivers approaching from the south and the east. Uh, the same directions the bus and semi-truck were traveling when they collided. The study recommended negotiating with the landowner to remove the trees and also suggested rumble strips. Larger signs and painting stop and stop ahead on the road. Six collisions had taken place at the intersection over recent years and another 14 happened on roads nearby. In 1997, six people were killed when a pickup truck heading east failed to stop on Highway 335 and was hit by a southbound tractor trailer. Was Mr. Sadu made aware of the results of this study before he insisted on pleading guilty? And yes, he would have had to have insisted. His lawyer did not just sit by and casually agree to this, you can be sure. Yes, Mr. Sadu would have been made aware of these details, and perhaps this added to the temptation to refuse responsibility. Yet, that is not what Mr. Sadu did. What have we spoken about recently, you and I? in regards to the importance of context. That it is not a thing, in other words, a behavior or an event, that defines a situation for us. It is context. So one person kills 16 people, and he's undoubtedly, undoubtedly, a terrible person. But... Is Mr. Sadu a terrible person? Not by a country mile. This is a good man who made a terrible mistake. This is an unusually good man. We know it by the decisions he's made since the tragedy. And he's somebody who killed 16 people. He's a man of greater character than a hundred thousand other people who will never do a single day in prison. And yet he killed 16 people. Context is everything. This man has, by his own actions following a tragedy, entirely changed the context of the story. You parents who beat yourselves up over whatever damage you unintentionally caused your children when they were little, do you see that there is no reason for that to define you? The efforts you're making now to understand what you did wrong and to understand why you did it, these efforts change the entire context of the situation. They change the entire context of the thing you're beating yourself up for. On the other hand, those parents who are choosing not to make any genuine effort to accept responsibility, to understand what they did wrong and why, and work on themselves. Well, shame on you all. You are not good people. How dare you how dare you for not giving your children the one thing that they need from you, the one thing 
that could compensate for the injustices that you committed against them while they were defenseless and entirely dependent on you. Those injustices have never stopped wreaking havoc in their lives. It's the injustice that keeps on destroying them long after they're grown up and free of you. You are not good people, but you don't have to continue not being good people. Your children are waiting for you to acknowledge what you did and to show interest in fixing yourself, to show interest in understanding what you did. This is the only demonstration of genuine remorse, of genuine love, that you can show them. Nothing less than this matters. Like the father of the victim quoted earlier, your kids, upon learning that you are beginning to accept responsibility and genuinely examine yourself, could then say, it brings me closure and it's all I needed to hear. They need for you on your own to show interest in genuinely caring about, understanding the thing inside of you that allows you to be the most destructive force by far in their lives. But if I know anything about these types of parents, they're too busy judging and manipulating their adult kids with all sorts of passive-aggressive behavior, selfish, passive-aggressive behavior. They're too focused on their kids and how they should be living to look at themselves and fix themselves. I hope that sinks in. The most destructive force by far in your children's lives has been you. So if you, as the most destructive force that will ever exist in their lives, are not going to make efforts to compensate for the immeasurable emotional damage that you, you, are responsible for, what incentive is there for you to be allowed to continue in their lives? There is none. It's not logical nor rational. There, there is nothing rational about keeping the most destructive force in our lives in our lives when we don't have to do that, when we have a choice. Now, the principle of inherent rights, responsibility, and authority also comes into play here, doesn't it? Mr. Sadu looked at the reality of the situation. He saw, saw it as weather. That is, just a reality now, outside of his control. And he identified what fell within his inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. That is, what he could do for himself, what he had power to affect to manage his role in the situation, to put things back in balance. And he made a hard decision, didn't he? He dealt with the reality of his situation head on. He didn't run from it or deny it. Is Mr. Sadu waiving his right to a trial only for the families of those he killed? Although I can't read his thoughts, and I can't speak for Mr. Sadu, you better believe that he made this decision based on what 
his needs are as well. Mr. Sadu saw the weather and he went and got an umbrella. He recognized that this was the only decision he could make in the only way that he could make it, which would both bring comfort to the families and, and allow him to preserve his dignity, his self-respect, which is something nobody, except for one's self, can take away from you. How about you folks working to recover from borderline personality disorder, all the shame you drag around on a daily basis, and are trying to get to the bottom of and undo? Do you see how you are in control of the context that defines you? It isn't the things you've done, nor the mistakes you've made, nor the difficulties you may continue to struggle with. It's not even the fact that you have borderline personality disorder, since you couldn't have prevented your parents from causing the emotional damage that led to it in the first place. It is your sincere interest and efforts to understand and grow. This changes the entire context of the situation. Your parents are responsible for whatever happened in your life when you were a child including anything that you yourself may have done or not done while you were dependent on them. Your parents, not you, are responsible for all of that stuff. That's what being dependent means. It means all that stuff in your childhood past is their responsibility, which means you can let the weight of all of it go. It's not yours to carry around, and it never was. On the other hand, you are responsible for everything that happens next. The independent adult portion of your life. Any and all effort you are making to undo their damage, to learn the what's, how's, and why's of your emotional unhealth, this instantly changes the context in which your emotional unhealth has existed. It's no longer anything to be embarrassed or ashamed about because you're properly applying the principle of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. That's a term I come up with, by the way. I invented that term, so you're probably not going to find it anywhere else. But um, that's the principle of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. Your focus is already in the one and only place it has any business being. That is to say, you're focused on yourself. That's something to be incredibly proud about, not ashamed. When I came across the story of Mr. Sadu this week, I was blown away. I was so impressed that uh, I immediately wrote myself a little note about it, and it goes like this. It's astonishing and inspiring that people of such character still exist in this day and age. He did something terrible. Now his actions demonstrate tremendous, genuine remorse and acceptance of responsibility. I hope that in the years to come, Jaskarat Singh Sadhu takes comfort in this.
I hope all you out there listening take comfort in your genuine displays of sincerity and positive character. It's not your failures, mistakes, or shortcomings that define you. It's your sincerity and willingness combined with demonstrations of genuine remorse. Even after you recover from borderline personality disorder, you're going to continue making mistakes and creating new regrets. I hope so anyway. For good people, these things are the impetus for growth in life. For bad people, it's the opposite. It's the cinder block which drags them down and keeps them mean and abusive and hateful. Fortunately, none of you fit the second description. How do I know? Because you wouldn't be listening to the last symptom of podcast if you truly were an insincere person of low character. Insincere people of low character are not interested in examining themselves to see what improvements they need to make, you see. So, pat yourself on the back today. Tell yourself, you know what? You ain't so bad, kid. Straighten up your back a little and walk out into the world feeling a little bit better about yourself. I'll do the same. And while I'm doing it, I'll be looking forward to talking more to you next Thursday. As always, thanks for listening.